And welcome to our Wildcat edition of the Inside Source. This is uh, Hutton Harris, ACU TV director, and uh, here with offensive lineman for the Wildcats, Cohen Carpenter. Cohen, what's going on, man? Man, it's uh, it's getting down to the to playoff time, right? Uh, We're getting conference yeah. games, and they're all tough matchups. So. We have not been here before. Uh, especially, obviously, in the WAC, but really in Division One, we were not yeah. in this position. Uh, ACU meaning we were not in this position in uh, in any of Coach Doral's years, really. Maybe the first year, possibly, but um, I think we finished uh, six and five that year or something. But right now, ACU stands uh, at two and zero in the in the Western Athletic Conference. And um, again, you really just kind of have to look ahead here, and we will uh, over this podcast, but. Um, Stephen F. Austin's right behind them at two and one, and then Tarleton at one and one. Utah Tech one and two, and Southern Utah is one and three. Um, we will talk about obviously the game that uh, was played on Saturday against North Dakota, but uh, first, Cohen, I just kind of want to get the team's feelings right now. How are you guys feeling about the overall uh, season, uh, the first year of Coach Patterson? Yeah, yeah, first year of KP has really been great. Um, I think we mentioned this a few times, but the culture shift has been. You can't understate how much that's changed the direction of the program. And, I mean, really what it is is it's a lot of the same guys on the roster. Obviously, you can talk about the new additions all you want, but a lot of the same guys on the roster who were here last season, they, you know, just turned into completely new players in, in, in almost every aspect. And and there's a lot of that is due to the coaching. And I was going to say, is that due to coaching? Not Yeah, due yeah. to the coaching, not just from KP, but also I think that he's, you know, hit a home run on a lot of these position coaches and this is a really solid coaching staff that from top to bottom really is um it's just it just reeks of fbs talent you know and and that's basically what it's what it's been and um yeah no that's definitely been the biggest change from this season but just as for the team's feelings after the north dakota game specifically it kind of it kind of felt um Obviously, you want the win, but we played very consistently, and yeah. we'll talk about it as we get into the game, but we we won the first quarter, which I think is the first time we've done that all season. Yeah, I mean, 34-31, North Dakota uh, improves to 5-3, and three and, and ACU drops to 5-3. and three. ACU wins the first quarter with a 7-3 score. What are you thinking after that first that first quarter? Well, I mean, it's, it's great, you know, because – this is what we've been trying to establish. We've we've changed practice routines. We've changed some yeah. of the ways that we've gone about practice in the week leading up to it just to kind of affect our play coming out of the locker room immediately in the first quarter. And that's, you know, that's really what you're looking for right there. I know the first drive kind of stalled, but but really just looking for anything in the first quarter. Yeah, right? and that, I mean, and that's what was yeah. great that that second drive was beautiful. It was um Let's see, I was see, yeah, sixty-five yards, seven plays, and you took three minutes off the clock just to really kind of yeah. and and what 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 North Dakota State really prided themselves on was on defense, just you know, kind of jumping forward a little bit, getting into like game plan aspect. What they really prided themselves on on defense was um, they could play the inside run drill very well, and that's just kind of what they've hung their hat on for the past however many years that they've had that coach. I forgot his name, but he's he's been a he's been a stud up there in North Dakota, and they play hard nosed physical football. And if you go through and you look at our plays, I mean, credit hats off again. Talking about the coaching, hats off to the coaches because we are we're an outside zone kind of mid zone type team, and you know sprinkle a little inside zone in there. And we I think we maybe ran outside zone three times the whole game. We didn't run. 
we didn't run um, inside zone, I think, at all. So, I mean, just hats off to the coaches making that adjustment, and it worked. Uh, Maverick probably had one of his better games, just passing, and um, when the protection was good, he looked really good. I agree. Um, and, yeah. and we were just able to get the ball around and kind of beat him at their own game, too, because what they liked to do offensively was a lot of the uh, – uh, they'll, they'll kind of eat away at you with the chip yardage and they'll throw screens and short routes and kind of quick game and speed it up on you. And we kind of did that to them coming out. So it was really impressive. And definitely, I think if you would ask everyone on the North Dakota coaching staff, this is not the team that they game plan for offensively. And, you know, he just kind of punched them in the mouth early on there. And we, we kept with them the whole time. We had a chance to win the game multiple times. So, yeah, I mean, if we're just kind of going from uh, looking at the first half, um, ACU does go up seven to nothing, fourteen to ten. Um, they obviously we we get behind um, as as it gets closer to halftime, and, and overall, I mean, in the first half specifically, I thought the offense did their job. Mm-hmm. I think if you had said you're going to be down by six, you know, going into halftime, you know, in a very unique, I would say, football environment, very, right? very, um, because it was a dome. And that affected yeah. things later on, yeah, because it the sound, right? It, right, you, right I, I don't right. think you could really hear it on the broadcast as much. You couldn't, but in the there was a they caused two penalties, yeah, a false start yeah. there, and just you know talking to some of the guys, and they were saying like the you know right and left tackle were having to watch the ball because they couldn't hear the quarterback. Yeah, your offensive lineman, tell me about. Um, I often, you know, kind of. I've never played offensive line in my life, but what are you watching for when it's really loud outside? What are you watching? Because you can't hear, right? It it really throws a wrench into, and I think what fans, um, you know, may not know. And uh, obviously, you get really excited when they call the either to delay a game or the false start, and that's what gets the fans going because, oh, hey, we did that. But they they do so much more, especially in an environment like that where you really just can't hear the snap count because. You know, let's just take tackle, for example. Obviously, they're farthest away from the quarterback, so it's harder for them to hear. And what you're really forcing them to do, if it gets so loud to where you can't hear the quarterback's cadence, you kind of you kind of have to, rather than, let's say it's protection and you're you know going out to the end or what have you, rather than looking at your guy and, you know, thinking about, you know, what, what my feet are at first and uh, if he does this, I'll put my hands here and yada, yada, yada. You've got to kind of center your head up and keep the football in the periphery because the sit when the center snaps it you got to go and usually you find that out with the cadence but you can't hear the cadence so you, now you're kind of at the disadvantage that the defense has which they don't know the cadence either so i mean it really kind of evens the playing field in a lot of ways and obviously you get the the more obvious things like the the penalties and i believe there was one delay of game and that's that's what really got them going i think is especially after the um the uh, personal foul on KP. Yep. That's what yep. that's what really got the crowd into it, and then it just kind of was downhill from there, especially on that drive. And that hap- st- that kind of stuff happens on the road. Yeah. In a oh, dome, obviously, obviously yeah. you know, and so in a unique environment. All right, well, 20-14, to 14, ACU goes down. Um, let's look at the third quarter. ACU comes out, gets a field goal from Blair. Um, North Dakota comes back with a 75-yard, six-play, three-minute drive. This is this is the point where, in my mind, as a as a fan, um, I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, this has been a nice game. I think this is where ACU probably loses the hold of it, and this, the final score is something like 41 to 21 or something, you know, 41 24, something like that. Mm-hmm. Where not that impressive, but you did your job, you know, you you did a good job. Um, but 
ACU comes right back. Yep. And Blaine Taylor um, catches a 12-yard pass from Maverick and uh, quick, really quick, because um, if I, my memory serves correct, was there a turnover here? Um, uh, oh, no, 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 no. What it was was it was DJ with that big return. That's right. That's right. And he got right. hawked down, but he um, got it to the four-yard line or something. So, again, ACU's hanging in in the third quarter. Yes. So... Okay, so take me through. You guys are in North Dakota. It's cold. You're in a dome. It's loud. You're not supposed to win this game. What does that do? You're only down three going to the fourth quarter with your confidence. I mean, it's it's huge, and especially what you looking back on what you've established on every almost every offensive drive leading up to that point, and it's it's just been the receivers had had a day, man, and and you know may not be as astonishing statistically but all of those touchdowns were kind of like Tony toe tap yeah kind yeah. of in the kind of in the edge and they were they were uh, kind of flirting with being out of bounds right there and they ended up having to sub some of their cornerbacks um it was actually the guy that that hawked DJ number eight and he hawked um Jadob too on that one big run that he had um so obviously he's a big asset for their defense one of their faster guys well what happens when you know you keep burning him consistently and i think he let up two touchdowns is they ended up having to pull him they did yeah so yeah, yeah, I saw that. if we if we had you know another one of those long jadob runs or if, uh you know pass broke away they didn't have that ball hawk to kind of make sure that it doesn't go into the end zone so in that aspect it's huge because once you can get to the point where you're affecting personnel changes especially on a team that you're not favored to beat. I believe they're ranked 23 when we were playing them. Um, you know, especially against a team like that, and it's just so big, not only for the confidence, but obviously, you know, you got their best player out now, so they think that it's maybe a positive personnel change or, you know, but it's up to you to take advantage of it, and we did. And I think all of this is so impressive just because um... – this is coach Patterson's first year. Mm -hmm. This isn't, he doesn't have quote unquote, all of his guys, you know, he doesn't have four years of yeah. recruiting, right. Yeah. Or even two years of recruiting. And so, you know, obviously, um, I thought Maverick had a pretty good game, two thirty nine, uh, three touchdowns, couple interceptions, um, 21, 32, obviously, you know, not, not crazy good stats. Dobbins, 85 yards, no touchdowns. And then, uh, go lightly, led uh, ACU with five receptions and, and a touchdown for 82 yards. I thought the offense played pretty good. I thought they did too. How did you think the defense played overall? Uh the defense the defense man it was it was really um kind of killed us at the end there and this is more of a credit to North Dakota's offense than it is against our defense but it's brutal whenever you go to the sideline if you look at that last drive you go to the sideline and at this point it's a three point game, right? So you and you've just come off of a touchdown. Rovon Banks was able to run it in. Yep. And there's eight minutes left in the game. You're in the driver's seat, in my opinion, because you have the momentum. You've exactly. Come all the way back. There's eight minutes road, left in the game. On the road. You, you don't even have to think about how many timeouts you have. Right. And then they keep driving. And it was this one, the the one white guy they had, the the Hoosman, their that running back. I mean, he was he was pretty good. And I think their O line blocked very well up yep. front. And you know, I, I don't know how much of a factor this may have played, but, you know, you saw Will Morgan go down there early, and he's kind of been battling with um, ankle injury the, the kind of the whole season. So, I mean, once you get that, they they did a very good job of flipping the momentum, not by scoring, but just by staying on the field. And, you know, that's, that's just really demoralizing from the guys who are on the sideline because the coaches are – 
they're thinking, okay, how do we how we're going to go out and we can use we get we're probably going to have six or so minutes to go down and score at least get a field goal to tie it up and then you know it's three minutes now and now you're thinking two minute drill and then they you know they keep going down now you only got one minute and now you're like okay now we're looking at hail mary plays so that was just so so demoralizing that's really a credit to North Dakota because yep. like we said we said this for the defense but for the offense as well what they can really do is they can play that inside run drill and that's what it was yeah again overall I mean I just think that ACU had their chance they again they're within three with eight minutes left basically and mm-hmm. they, they couldn't get a stop yep just that simple and uh 34-31 North Dakota takes down ACU for ACU's third loss of the year uh, third loss uh, away from Wildcat Stadium. So they're undefeated at home still, which was one of your goals, right? Yep. Um, let's look ahead when we come back from the break here at what this means. So, again, we'll look at the, the remaining schedule, and we'll be right back after this. Back on the inside source here, Hutton Harris, ACU TV director with offensive lineman, sophomore Cohen Carpenter. Breaking down ACU's 34-31 loss in North Dakota to the Fighting Hawks. Now, this was not a conference game, and you and I are not, uh, you know, experts on the conference when it comes to tiebreakers and that kind of stuff. But we are going to talk a little bit about what we think that this means. And so, um, as a fan, you know, obviously we we look at the, the the next three games, the final three games. You have Tarleton at Tarleton. You have at Sam, which is Sam Houston State, national champions two years ago. But Sam Houston has nothing to do with the the whack this year as far as uh, the football record yeah, goes. Yeah. And then you have the big one, which we've talked about on this podcast before on um, November 19th at, uh, at, I guess, Wildcat Stadium, obviously, uh, SFA, which ACU fell on the road 41-38, mm-hmm. that crazy game yeah. a couple weeks ago. Cohen, again, from a player's perspective – tough loss but you still have five and three record you're undefeated at home um kind of got to just man up and go on the road and and, yeah. and beat a team that you need to beat right and this and this is a north dakota was a team that's kind of nationally um nationally been watched they played nebraska very close i think they had them they had nebraska maybe going into halftime tied at 17 um so this is this was a team that you know, obviously gets a lot of looks, especially in the FCS, and losing by such a close margin to ACU actually knocked them out of the rank. They were 23 going in, now they're unranked. Um, so there's obviously a lot of eyes on this ACU team, Is is can can definitely be said. And I think going into conference, yeah, so Tarleton and Sam Houston, so obviously you want to – I don't know the logistics behind how the Sam Houston game works – so I think it's just a, just treating it as a non-conference game. I, I believe that's how it, how it works. Yeah. So, and that's I, that, because that's because they are now they're not in and they're uh, moving. in FCS. They're in FBS, which means that they yep. technically could go to a bowl or something. I guess. Oh, point. really? This year? I don't. Well, I know they're applying for an, an um, uh, what do you call it? An exemption. Yeah, uh, um, okay. And so I don't think that I don't know if they got it or not. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you kind of have to be dominant i would say to, to yeah. go to any bowl i mean they're good but they're not you know and and just to go back to uh, real quick go back to the nebraska uh und game uh yeah it was, it was close it was, it was uh, the final score was 38 17 but you're right they were they were very close in the first half i think they i think they had them tied yeah for, they did for a bit and so until uh, nebraska figured them so out. so in i mean nebraska is nebraska yeah so anyway th- just just to kind of to confirm that this is not a bad team that yeah. ACU lost and to. There were eyes on the game for sure. Right. Um 
so I mean I, I think definitely and and they're they're in that really good conference up north with um they lost to South Dakota State who I believe is ranked number one right now by only one so they were tied at halftime with with yeah, Nebraska yeah so and this is this is you know not chopped liver exactly and then they go and play South Dakota State tit for tat and they're they're up in that conference so right yeah obviously a lot of eyes on this game so it means a lot of eyes on ACU so going going into conference. You've got to win against Tarleton. So the thing that's so the thing we were talking about this before uh, yeah. we started the podcast. The thing that kind of is very good, not kind of is very is really very extremely good for ACU is this past Saturday SFA lost to uh, Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State. They did, which was so, a shocker. It was big, yeah, and it was like it was a shootout. Yep, um, forty-seven to forty-four, I think. Yep. Um, and this was this was coming off we we were kind of watching with bated breath during the bye week. This is coming off a week where SFA almost dropped one to Southern Utah, and that one came down to a field goal as well, where the Southern Utah's kicker, I think he missed like a thirty yarder, which is brutal. And um, SFA ended up taking that one, but they end up going to Utah Tech, and they lose forty seven to forty four. And this is a team that's out of playoff contention, but I still think that. I really think the only thing that matters for ACU is just looking forward and obviously being very speculative. I think that you still have to beat SFA to make the playoffs that last game. I agree. There's no losing to SFA if SFA wins that game. I mean, unless they, you know, just go winless until well, they play us. If, if you play it out logically, <laughs> yeah. logically, uh, you would think that you would split between Tarleton and Sam. Just logically. I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen. Yeah. But that would put you at six, which would qualify you. From my understanding, yep, I think uh, so. Six and four, okay, undefeated at home, which looks pretty good on paper. Very good, obviously. Then you're looking at you need seven and four, okay. Yeah. Seven and four is what you need. Six and five, I don't think that you're gonna you're gonna have a, a shot. Mm-hmm. But crazier things have happened. I mean, again, SFA could lose a couple of games. Yeah. Um, but I also just think the thing that ACU has in its back pocket is the way that they came back against SFA. In, 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 in Akadoshis. Like, again, how you lose is matters in football, in it's my true. opinion. And so confidence-wise, but also it really is a subjective selection process. Yeah. And, and and if you put the two things that – so obviously the comeback against SFA and then the good start, we finally we finally had a good start. So if you – I mean, we win that SFA game if we don't go down 21-0 to zero. So in the first quarter. And we've – already established with this North Dakota game that we can start off hot against a good team. So put those two things together and, you know, you, you got something really scary for the Lumberjacks. Yeah, I think if you're just looking at it, uh, Tarleton's 1-1. One one. They're 5-3 and three as well. So it's not like, again, they're they're not chopped liver either. Yeah. But, but I think uh, the perfect scenario for ACU here, because this is an ACU podcast, um, would be that they handle Tarleton when they need to handle them. Yep. They need to figure out a way to do it. And they probably win by, I would say, Two two and a half touchdowns, something like that. You know, they figure it out. It's fair. Um, they put up a, a good fight against Sam Houston, and maybe even go into the fourth quarter down a touchdown or tied or something like. You know, you just don't want to get blown out. Yeah, you don't want to lose sixty two to seven or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you mentioned Will Morgan, and you mentioned you know, I mean that uh, that that's attrition. The war of attrition does kind of hurt in that scenario they're, yeah they're very potent you wonder how kp will will factor in that game you know if you're down three touchdowns going into halftime it's like why why are we playing our dudes here you know like i don't know how he how he thinks but yeah. i just don't i don't know how, what the selection process really looks like i, I don't know either and i think 
that the SFA loss really does shake it up because it was originally just going to count come down to who yeah. won yeah. November nineteenth, and now it's not. Yeah, and so then it comes down, but then it does come down to that game, you know. And let's just say for for fun that SFA wins the next two and ACU goes one and one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be very very interesting because I mean ACU has not had a game this important at home since. 2009 10 yeah. 11 crazy and so it's huge it's it's going to be incredible and uh well a thing of note too uh just looking at sfa's schedule they this is their bye week yep so they're gonna be i guess you could say more well rested and then i don't know who they play i think they play a conference opponent okay so um, they only have one game left so they're saying. they've got a game and then us okay. okay um and i think they may play southern utah again it, in like a non-conference would make, match it would make sense it would make sense or something yeah. like that i don't know but um it's just such a strange year. Any, yeah, I mean, because who, like it's bi week that late too. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's basically like, it's basically like there are. I don't want to say there's only two teams because Tarleton could shake this up for it, sure. Oh yeah, Tar. They're not in control of their own right. destiny, but they're not out of the race. But it definitely feels like there are just two teams in this whole yeah. race, you mm-hmm. know. And so you never know. Um, again, I, I just I. Uh, I, I, the one thing that really, you know, as we wrap up here, the one thing that really is just kind of a downer to me here is that the possibility that ACU could have a home playoff game, but it's the day after Thanksgiving here. I just think that that's really robbing, you know, the ACU community of some kind of incredible atmosphere because there will not be students here. People will not be here. It just won't happen. So here's the thing. You think that game, let's say, you know, hypothetically it happens. How how do you think that game sells? Uh, You think the Abilene community without the student section I think the Abilene community shows up. Yeah. I just don't think that's – because I've witnessed it as a student. People just don't come back. Like, and it's not – nothing against ACU. Yeah. It's just like – they're not considering it in their Google calendars, you know what I'm saying? And so, and we won't know until that Sunday. And so that really is kind of a sad, you know, I guess way to, to celebrate, but that's why to me, it's so exciting to have. And and that's why it's so important that that November 19th game is packed because that literally will be the Super Bowl for ACU this year. And yes, you want to win that playoff game, obviously, but I'm just saying atmosphere wise, I just don't, I personally, I don't want to be Johnny Raincloud, but I don't see students flocking back for that because it's the day, it's, it's not like spring break. It's not like you have five days off. You have really one day off. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so that's the unfortunate part. Um, so, but anyway, all that but, to say, I mean, that, that, that game, would be awesome. You said it's the Super Bowl, but yeah, it, it basically is. Cause that November yeah. 19th game in, in just terms of how much it means for the school may be bigger than a first playoff berth simply because 100%. simply because 100%. it's going to be the WAC champion that's that's the who's going to get that is who's going to get the ring there there is there there is a it's kind of like um ACU you know basketball um yes i think playing kentucky was awesome right mm-hmm. but winning the southland conference championship oh, and yeah. holding up the trophy it for means the first more time, to the school it means more to the fans and the school yeah. and the moment yes the, the the you know the photos that last forever and, and all that stuff right yeah i mean again we'll get into what a lot a lot still has to happen yes for acu to get to that point yes but i think what is what we did not expect to happen was sfa losing because that really helps. It really, it really lot. makes things more. And and yes. for Tarleton, I mean, obviously, there's probably not a lot of Stephenville listeners here, but for Tarleton too, they're kind of just just real quickly. Yeah. I think their kind of path to winning the WAC is now open if they were to beat 
ACU, right? And then if we ACU were to beat SFA, right? I think that's how they win it. So I mean, right. now you kind of got you have three teams, and that's not—it's yeah. implausible, or I mean, it's not—it's not, it's not probable, but it's not insane. So I mean, <laughs> it's just you got three purple teams vying for the whack right here. Yeah, so. it's gonna be great. Uh, again. This is all, you know, all we could really ask for as Wildcat fans when we, you know, hired Coach Patterson away from Texas Tech. Yep. If you had told us that this was going to happen in year one, I think people would have been This kind of best case joy. scenario. Um, and so anyway, again, ACU does drop 34-31 in North Dakota, but good news out of, uh, you know, the SFA game and ACU is 5-3 and three overall and defeated at home. Big, 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 big game coming up against Tarleton. And then we will get back to you next Monday to talk about what happens probably in the same Houston state, but we'll look one, we'll look, continue to look forward to the uh, November 19th, you know, yep, big game. It'll be a big one. We really, really don't have to advertise it because no. Abilene's going to show up either way. But, you know, just in case if anyone's right. on the fence, show up to November 19th. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. I don't think ACU's seen anything like it in probably a decade. Yeah. So, All right, for Hutton Harris and Cohen Carpenter, this is the Inside Source Wildcat Football Edition. Talk to you later. Go Wildcats.